What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm beyond excited because we have a good friend of mine who we actually just meet met fairly recently. Found out we're own we're in e- own each other's backyards um, <laughs> right here in Reno. And I'm lucky enough to have my guy Travis Wilson on the podcast today. Travis is a fellow coach. He's a trainer. He's a soon-to-be dietitian, uh, or we'll find out depending on how this test goes um, here in the near future. But how are you, my man? Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man, I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad we could connect and do this. Amen. Amen. You know, before we jump in, I want to give you a shout out because I think there's so many people that you could have on a podcast and having your own show, you kind of have the flexibility to pick and choose who you want on there. But the reason I wanted Mm -hmm. to have you on there for the people who don't know who you are is because I, I think we share a lot of similar values and priorities and perspectives when it comes to nutrition and fitness and personal development and just you know, changing the person who you are. And I don't really know how the episode is going to go today. We have a lot of different topics that we could talk about and maybe we save some other topics for future episodes as well. But just wanted to give you a shout out because I think you and I are a lot alike and that's, I don't know, that's why those are the people who I like to have on the podcast as well. But before we jump in the show, just give me a little breakdown, the people, you know, who you are, what you do, what you love to do, all that good stuff. Yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback right off of what you said, and I think that was one of the things that really drew me to you. You know, I followed you on Instagram and saw a lot of the content that you were putting out, and then recognized that you were like in the same city that I'm in as well. I, there's no reason for me not to hit this dude up. You know, it just felt so uh, so aligned with what I had going on, and it also felt like you were you know, a a couple steps ahead of me as well, as far as the registered dietitian stuff goes. So, you know, I think anytime that you can recognize those people and then, you know, really reach out and make that connection. And, you know, and and I really hope that, you know, this relationship goes, goes as far as, as, as we can take it. But so, so I appreciate you being open to all of that and, you know, just kind of open your arms and sitting down and having these conversations. It's been really rad thus far. Um, but yeah, for, for your listeners, those that I'm sure don't know who I am, uh, <laughs> my name is Travis, uh, born and raised here in Reno, Nevada, had kind of a, uh, a long journey in the health and fitness space, uh, started, you know, really when I was young, I was 18. I remember my mom kind of asking me in high school, you know, what do you, what do you want to do for your career or life? And, you know, at that point, I who knows what they really want to do. But I just remember responding. Like, I I don't know. I just want to work out for a living. Like that's the only thing that I was really interested in. And, and, you know, I have to say like thus far in my life, I really made that uh, a priority in the sense of not necessarily getting paid to work out, but how can I take this thing that I'm passionate about uh, and really incorporate it into my life and then help others do the same, you know? So went to the University of Nevada, got a degree in community health science. And, you know, through that process was a lot of just trying to find myself, understand what was important to me. Um, There was a lot of growing. I I then took some time off of school once I got that degree and worked in some physical therapy clinics and then went back to school. I, I saw the importance of, of healthcare Right. And, you know, I had already at that time been working in the fitness industry through supplement companies and as a personal trainer and, you know, really saw how being a healthcare provider, you know, can kind of raise your platform, 
you know, give you some more credibility. And that's when I decided to go back to school and pursue a degree in nutrition and dietetics and kind of start the process of becoming a registered dietitian, you know, and that's been a long time coming. It's been, you know, three, four years in the making since I went back to school and just finished my internship and starting the studying process. But again, all the while, you know, getting new experiences within health, fitness, continuing to coach people and just getting a, you know, a really broad perspective of, of not only who I am, but who I want to help and how I can do that. So, so right now I'm just kind of continuing to coach clients and at Caldwell training, just kind of started up there, um, doing mostly strength conditioning type stuff, and then, uh, gearing up to take this registered dietitian exam. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I, I think you bring up a good point and I, I think something that is very common in just the health and the fitness space alone is this idea of like people who love fitness, people who are athletes, people who love to exercise, people that want to build muscle when they're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. A lot of those people just tend to stick with fitness for their career at the end of the day, because that's what they find at. They find out that they love that, but they also find out that they're really good at that. And it's kind of a double-edged sword sometimes, right? Because there's a lot of people in the space who like yourself, Travis, who was really interested in fitness, got into the personal training, started doing that when you were 18, helping coaching clients. You're kind of like in the trenches, right? For a long time. And then you started to, yeah, I guess maybe get hungrier for a little bit more. I, I share a very mm -hmm. similar experience to that as well. And there's a lot of coaches out there who feel that fire and they continue to feel that by getting extra certifications or going back to school or finding a route that they feel really good with. with. And then there's another set of population who, and I'm not trying to shit on anyone here, but there's, there's a lot of people who look really good, right? And mm -hmm. they've done things their whole life that make them look really good. They have a good physique. They show that on Instagram. They, you know, and not to take any credit away from that because it is a long road. It is a lifelong pursuit. And a lot of people do a really good job at taking care of themselves that way. But there's also a disconnect with, you know, transferring that information of what they know and what they've done to the general person or the general population, which I don't know this is where a lot of this misinformation comes around where it's like, Hey, you have to do all these things to do this. Cause this is what worked for me. When in reality, there's, mm -hmm. there's so many different ways to approach health and nutrition and fitness. And especially with the, you know, interpersonal development and everything that, that goes on inside the head, right? right. Like there's a lot of coaches out there, but Man, it's uh, it's it's hard to always find a good one because I think what makes a good coach is their experience. Do they give a shit about their clients? Are they always trying to learn and get better and and expand their horizons, or are they doing stuff that's only worked for them? And is this this one size fits all approach, which may work for a handful of people, but when we talk about the general health and well being of our population, like most people need an individualized approach, and the health and nutrition stuff just goes beyond what worked for you. And that's where the nutrition science piece comes in, being a dietitian, looking at the literature, even personal training. Like there's just so much that goes into it. And it's not this like, oh, you just need to ex exercise five days a week and you need to eat a protein and plant at every meal. Like it just goes so much deeper than that. You know? No, I, I, in, being in the fitness industry, I mean, I've been, I've been a personal trainer for a decade now. This is my 10th year personal training. <clears throat> so I've seen it all right or maybe not everything, but I've seen a lot more than, most. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that you're right, you know, and I think that for me, what comes up is like, 
well, why is somebody coaching? Why is somebody trying to, you know, help people, right? And I think that if you're coming from the standpoint of actually wanting to help somebody, I think that in that process, you're left with a lot of questions more than you are answers. And if you're really dedicated to the process of helping somebody, then you're going to be fine trying to find those answers, right? You're going to go down those rabbit holes to expand yourself as an individual so that you can be a better service to your client. But I think that within the training realm, that's not everybody's why. That's not why everybody coaches, right? Some people maybe think it's there's a low barrier of entry. I've had a six pack all of my life. So it's a quick way to make some money. Right. And I think that if you go about that, that way, right, you're doing a disservice to a lot of the people that you're going to be working with ultimately. Um, and I think too, you're probably not going to have longevity within the space either. You know? So I, I think that, you know, there is because of the barrier of entry is so low within this space and, and it's a, uh, it's a big gray area too. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that you can approach it. So I think it attracts a lot of different types of people. Right. But I think the opportunity is right. Is that the individuals that, you know, maybe do have a little bit more education, they do have some specialty credentials is to not further that divide between those that don't and those that do have those types of education and credential, but it's like, how can we support those individuals that, you know, maybe haven't gone through all the schooling and give them some good tools so that they can better help their clients? Because if they can do that, then ultimately, you know, we're helping more people, right? And, and like we were kind of talking about before we got onto this is if only the people that were educated, that had the credentials, if those are the only people helping people achieve better health, better fitness, right? Then not everybody that needs help would get help, right? But if we can, you know, really diversify this and, you know, everybody come with a good set of foundational knowledge, more people can get help, I think, in the long run. Totally. I think you'll find just like with nutrition, especially, right? What you see with the news and in politics, like everything is so polarized, right? And that's especially true when it comes to coaches sometimes in the fitness space where you have the half who got their bachelor's in exercise science or in nutrition, you have the dietitians, you have the people with the master's degree, you have the people with the PhDs, you have a lot of really smart people, right? And then on the Mm -hmm. other side, you have like you said, the low barrier to entry people, right? The people who had six packs, the people who love working out. So they made this a career and they just continue to do what has always worked for them and genetically and environmentally and their social situation. It allows for them to see and maintain really good progress because of that. We have this disconnect of people where it's like, Hey, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people with really good intent, but how we kind of dispel that information and how we help people and how we I think can come together as a fitness and nutrition space. I think we can all exist together, but there's this big, I've seen battle personally, especially, you know, being a dietitian and being under the umbrella of the Academy nutrition dietetics, there's a lot of restrictions. There's a lot of regulations that are set in place against dietitians. And the same doesn't apply for a lot of the personal trainers who get an online course who for nutrition. And then they start telling people about macro prescriptions, right. And telling them what to eat. And there's, there's this disconnect sometimes with 
the people who go to school for six, seven years, but they don't know how to actually work with a client because all they have is a clinical and science background and a research background and telling that and working with people, you know, and, and helping them change with that knowledge, it's really fucking hard to do. And it takes a, it takes, you know, like you said, you've been in the fitness space for 10 years. It's taken me three years to actually figure out how to really help people and get them to where they want to be without overwhelming them. And, and with just focusing on the stuff that is actually applicable to them, because there's so much that we can talk about. Right. But I think a lot of people not to shit on other coaches who don't have the credentials, right. Who just got the certification. Like, I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of good intent, right. And there's yeah. a lot of people out there that are really trying to help people and to fight this health crisis that we're facing. And, and there's a lot of people that are trying to make people healthier, but it's, um, it's just evident that, you know, the more men that we need or the more men that we have, the better off that we're going to be, like you said, to just kind of help continue to get people to feel better, look better and, you know, live better lives at the end of the day. Absolutely, man. And I think too, if as a coach, whatever side that you come from, if you can approach coaching with some humility and recognize that you don't know everything, that there's a lot of skills that you can still develop and work on and that you can learn from a wide array of different types of individuals, right? From the person that has, you know, no formal education background, but has been coaching for a long time to the person that has all of the theory, but not a whole lot of applied knowledge. And I think that if you can approach your coaching with that humility, then it'll allow you the space to recognize that you don't know everything and you can see what you don't know. And then again, further that education, further that experience and become a, you know, a, a better coach, a better individual and more able to help the people that you are trying to serve. Mm -hmm. God, I love that. Yeah. Just having that humility because a lot of times, like especially coaches and, you know, whether you're an engineer or a real estate agent or, you know, a physician's assistant or a dietitian or a personal trainer, like mm -hmm. having that humility and understanding that you don't know everything, you know, even though, you know, probably a lot more than the general person mm -hmm. about whatever it is that you're doing. I think that's how you can continue to grow. And that's how you can kind of continue to per per uh, perfect your craft. But yeah. I also think that's a really important concept to understand you know, if you are coming to a coach with help yeah. with your nutrition and your fitness, right? Because man, I always like to tell my clients, like, it's okay if you don't know everything, right? But there's this, there's this ego that we all have when it comes to mm -hmm. our nutrition and our fitness. And we all quote unquote, know what we need to do, but the implementation of that becomes really difficult. But what do we all have in common? Like we all eat, like we all want to look good. We all want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. We all, you know, kind of know what it means to do the right things and cut back on quote unquote, the wrong things, which is a conversation that we could have another time. But yeah. there's this, you know, sense of humility that I think is important for clients coming to coaches. And I think that's a part of the first step of realizing that you need help is hiring a coach sometimes too, because mm -hmm. it's a very, let's be real. It's a very privileged thing that a lot of people, sure. you know, can do, but it's also who you follow on Instagram, right? Like what are the things that you're doing or who are you reading? Who are you learning from? You don't have to have a coach, right? But you have to have an open mind at the end of the day to continue to grow and, and come up with that personal development to challenge some of those thoughts and beliefs that we've been telling ourselves forever. Because, you know, obviously if everybody had it figured out and everybody could do it, and since we all eat, we all know what to know what to do. 
our kind of health epidemic wouldn't be as bad as it is today. Right. And you know, the overweight obesity rates, like two out of three people, it's, it's insane how unhealthy we are as a population. Mm -hmm. And yes, we know what to quote unquote do. We know what to eat. We know what we, we know what it means to be healthy, but having that humility to say, Hey, I, I guess I don't have this all figured out. And I know that what I have been doing hasn't been working for me. So maybe somebody else can help me with that. Like, I think that humility is also important from a client standpoint, coming to a coach at the end of the day. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And I think that kind of what you're alluding to, what comes up for me is self-awareness, right? Being able to recognize, okay, whatever I'm doing isn't working, you know? And then uh, really you have to almost be a bit vulnerable to allow a coach to help guide you to the direction that you want to go. But I think that that's, you know, that is almost on the coach themselves to create that space to be vulnerable themselves as a coach and to allow you to feel comfortable as a client to be vulnerable and open up to change, right? Because that's a very challenging process. It's a very intimate process as well to allow someone into your life enough to, to show them what is going wrong in your life, right? Because we want to always be perceived as we have it together. We're moving in the right direction. Things are all great. But in this kind of coaching client relationship, you're really sharing what isn't great in your life and and being vulnerable. So I think that, you know, it is being open to someone recognizing that in yourself you're not all you don't have everything figured out and like you said have the humility to you know take direction guidance and it and it's really a it's a collaborative effort too. this you know coaching client relationship it's not just okay here's this plan do this thing it's no like let's come up together with what is the best approach to move forward mm-hmm. totally yeah, that self-awareness piece, I think is so important because awareness will always precede change at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what's going wrong or what, you know, what could be better, nothing is going to change at the end of the day. And sometimes it takes an extra set of eyes or a coach or somebody who's been in that seat where you're at before you and mm-hmm. who's gone through that and who has helped other people get through that. Like sometimes it takes that extra set of eyes and energy and in conversations to be had that can help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And man, I think circling back to our conversation at the beginning of this episode of like, Hey, you know, there's so many coaches out there. What separates a good coach from a great coach or a good coach from a really shitty coach who's just trying to make some money to survive kind of coach. And I think you said it right. Somebody who's gone through what you've gone through, somebody who is open enough to being vulnerable with you, right. Instead of just giving you a macro prescription or a calorie regimen or you know, telling you what to eat and what not to eat kind of things. I think it takes kind of that inner work at the end of the day, in addition to the external work that really leads to that sustainable lifelong change that you're actually proud of. Right. Because I don't know, I always say like, it's one thing to lose weight. It's another thing to keep the weight off. It's another thing to lose the weight and to keep the weight off, but to also transform who you are, who your identity is, and to maintain that progress long-term so you never get back to that spot. And that's the really fucking difficult piece of this puzzle, right? And I just think in the fitness space, we're so gung-ho on like, hey, you know, just tell me what to do. I, I know what I need to do, but tell me what else I need to do. 
be my accountability source. So I follow through with that. And then we can get to the destination and we can split our separate ways. Right. But you know, the inner work world and the fitness world and the nutrition world, I don't think they've ever really existed together. Right. But they aren't mutually exclusive. And I think a lot of this is also like that personal development, doing that internal work, because you can never change yourself externally and have that change yourself internally. Right. It's always the opposite. It's like when you change who you are, what you prioritize, what you value, who you are, you know, how you talk to yourself, that's what also changes your external at the end of the day too. And that's what helps you get to those goals. But I know you're a big internal work, personal development kind of guy, but just tell me like when you get a client and we have these external goals, we have these performance goals, how do we come back and tie that into like, okay, why are those goals important to you? What do you actually want? Like what is motivating you to get to there? Mm -hmm. What is realistic for your situation? Like what comes to mind when you get a client who's like, Hey, I need to lose X amount of weight before this setting, or I need to lose this amount of fat, or I need to do X, Y, Z. Like, how do you get from there to a place of like building that awareness around, Oh shit, maybe losing 10 pounds. Isn't actually what I want. Right. Like having more confidence is, is, is actually what I want. Like, how do we get to that point or how do you approach that? Yeah, man. I think, you know, you kind of already alluded to it, but it's sitting down and actually just having a conversation with somebody like really providing that space to listen to them and then asking questions that help guide, you know, those answers, right? If, you know, weight loss is your goal, right? And and that's, I think, 90% of people that really seek out a coach in the fitness space, they're trying to, what do you, like, I want to be more toned. And then it's like, okay, well, what does that mean for you? And and most times it's like, okay, I want to have less body fat. I want to have more muscle on my body. But then it's digging deeper, why, why do you want to look that way? And it, and it could be oftentimes it's a, maybe we just don't feel comfortable in our own skin type of thing, right? So it's really digging down past the surface level of looking a certain way and really anchoring to, okay, well, what is going on in your life now? Why are you now wanting that change? How long have you been wanting that change? Why do you want that change? And really getting to the root of those questions. And I think once you can do that, right, like we were just talking about that awareness piece, because sometimes people don't connect those dots of, well, I just want to look better, but I actually want to look better because maybe as a child, I was made fun of because I was overweight, you know, and I don't want to feel that way anymore. And I think that I would have more value. I would value myself more if I looked a certain way where it's maybe it's not the weight loss really, you know, maybe that's part of it, but it's maybe in that is valuing yourself too. And then I think once you kind of establish the why, why you want to do what you want to do, then from there, you know, you kind of almost reverse engineer that, you know, okay, well, what are you doing currently? What's working? What's not working? What would be one step in the right direction? Can we just focus on that one step? dial that in and then compound that over time. I love that. And as you were just kind of, as you were talking about that, right. It's like this idea. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people, when they come to fitness coaches, nutrition coaches, it's it's this idea. I want to change my body composition. I want to have more muscle. I want to look better naked. I want to lose fat. I want to be more metabolically healthy. Um, a lot of times the mindset component is lacking in some of those situations because we're all focused on the externals 
kind of things. And right now we're in the process of kind of re- renovating a house and it's just a nightmare, just how much effort and work and energy and money can go into it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a great analogy because you look and maybe you hire a contractor, maybe your own contractor, but you're hiring these people to do this work on your house and you're tearing everything to the bones. I I like to compare this to coaching at the end of the day, right? It's like, let's strip everything down, everything we once thought we knew, everything that was existing previously. And let's start from scratch. A lot of times we, you know, strip everything down and people just want to put the floors in and they want to put the walls up and they want to, you know, get the floating vanities and they want to put the slab on the fucking shower wall. Right. And then what you miss is the contractor saying, Hey, you know, our foundation is really messed up there's some water damage here and we need to spend two months doing this first before we can, you know, go through and make Mm -hmm. the aesthetics look better because you could, and this is theoretically what people do is like, Hey, we strip things down or maybe we don't strip anything's down, but we just put a fresh cone of paint over it, but the foundation still sucks. And I, I like to think of that foundation as like our mindset and the intent in which we do things. Um, and it's, it's the unsexy way to do things. It's not what people want to spend their energy and, and money into. It's not, it's not the fun thing to do, but it's the ne- necessary thing to do. If we want that house or that physique or, you know, that situation, whatever goals that we hit, if we want that to stay long-term and a lot of times it's that inner work that needs to be done. And, and coaches maybe are like contractors in this scenario where it's like, realistically, this is what it's going to take to build this project or to do these things. And we need to focus on just the fundamentals and putting the walls up, making the house sturdy before we start to add more at you. Right. And I don't know, this, this goes into, we've talked about this before too, of like knowing our scope of practice, right. Cause as dietitians mm-hmm. and health professionals, we, we are very, um, we're very aware of what's within our scope. And if you're a good practitioner, I think that always has to come to mind as well. And it's like, Hey, when we're working with clients, at what line do we cross when we're actually just doing therapy with clients at the end of the day? So having a good referral system, knowing, you know, good therapists and being able to refer people out when they need it is great, but there's always that exploration piece because sometimes it just needs, you just need a coach or somebody to tell you where to look in, instead of you just looking through the same lens, you know, over and over and over again. So I, that's where I think the power of a coach can, can kind of be had. And that's kind of what came to mind as you were saying, you know, how we can get to from point A to point B, but in a sustainable way, but also working on all facets on our health instead of just mm-hmm. the external component of that, you know? Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And, and it's, it's kind of almost like this, this idea of, you know, people want to be fit, healthy, happy, want to feel good and and really kind of do that through the path of least resistance, right? They want the external projection of that, but, but really to have all those components, like you actually have to be a fit, healthy, happy, fulfilled individual. Right. And I think that, like you said, it, it starts from the ground up. It starts from that foundational work and it, and at least if nothing else, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be like, okay, everything is on the foundation is solid. We'll never have to revisit it again. I don't think it works that way, but at least, you know, it's there and you, at least you have tools now. So when that foundation gets a little, you know, off centered or, you know, bits and pieces of it, pieces of it kind of start to fall apart. You have tools to kind of go back and readdress that foundation. Right. So then as a coach, especially within this space, it's how can we, you know, build value in what we do and provide a service that the client wants, 
but also kind of packaging the things that they need in there as well. Right. And I think that that's kind of this art of coaching, you know, it's not just the X's and O's and the science of it, but there is a real art to, uh, to coaching people and guiding through this process and, you know, that, that marriage of what they want and what they need. And I think that if you do that, it, it satisfies the client initially, but I think as they continue to go, they, what they want starts to change, right? They start to see this bigger picture and it allows them to open up to seeing, okay, well, what I actually want is more in alignment with what I need. Totally. And I think you probably see this a lot as well. Um, I definitely do, but this kind of all or nothing mentality that we see so often when it comes to nutrition and fitness and changing our body composition and, and working towards whatever goals that are important to us right now. And uh, man, I don't, I don't know why I don't really have an answer. You might, you, you might have a perspective on it, but I see this all or nothing mentality so prevalent in when it comes to our diet and our nutrition and what we're doing and what we're focusing on for our body goals. But that isn't always the case in other aspects of our life, right? And it's um, it's so fast fascinating to me to see you know people who come to me they're like, hey, I'm I'm either all in or I'm all out. Or you notice that when you're coaching them, it's like, hey, when they're all in for the first four weeks, they're at every training session, they're you know meal prepping, they're cooking all the food, they're eating everything, they're doing all the fundamentals that you have worked with them in social situations. But right. Hot August nights or rib cook off comes, you go off track one day that leads to this spiral of saying, fuck it. I'm just going to go. And, and that one day turns to one week and one week turns to one month. And then we have this kind of spiral back into starting point or square one. And it's this constant battle that a lot of people can deal with for a year or 20 years or for their whole life. And I don't know, personally, it's, I just, it kills me to see people suffering and settling, right? And and I think a lot of times we get into this routine where we're all in, we're all out, but there's no in between and there's no gray area. And that just leads to more suffering, frustration, people settling for things because they don't think that they could figure it out. And it's just a very fascinating thing to me. And it goes into the kind of psychological component of dieting and why, what motivates us to, to change and what we want and is society setting these goals for us or is it actually something that we want at the end of the day? But this all or nothing mentality is something that I see a lot in. And, and I don't know, I had, do you notice that first and foremost, or is that just me? And second off is like, how do you get somebody who has the on and off switch to putting them on a dimmer at the end of the day? Right. And understanding that there are different seasons of life and that Hey, sometimes we have more effort and energy to put into this. Sometimes you're working 50 hours a week with the kid, with a dog, with trying to take care of your spouse at the end of the day. And it's like, you're not going to have that same time allocation all the time. Right. Yep. No, I, uh, great question. I, I certainly see that not only within the people that I work with, I see it in my own life. You know, it's like, I'm not exempt from that myself. And I think that you know, what comes to my mind is like behavior change is so challenging, you know, to really do away with who you used to be and become a new individual, really. And I think that in that process, we, we, our expectations, our progress happens super quickly and we have to go all in to see progress. And I think that 
that is almost never the case, right? Progress happens really slowly and it's little by little compounded over time is really how we see that growth. And, and I think that those small steps that are almost so easy, people have this perception of like, well, why are they even worth doing? You mean, so to change my life, all I need to do is take a five minute walk every day to start with, like, that's so easy. What is that really going to do? It's no, the five minute walk is a step in the right direction. Once you can master that skill and show me and show yourself that you can be committed to something and do that in a habitual way, then we can build on that skill. And then that kind of leads me to my next point. I think that people, even myself, we overestimate what a habit actually is, right? We do something for a week or two and we're like, cool, got it down. I never have to revisit this thing again. And then we stop thinking about it. It stops being a priority to us. A couple of weeks go by and you're like, shit, I haven't gone on a walk in, in a week and a half. And now why do I feel this way? You know? And, and so I think that it's, it's kind of that reframing of this slow, steady, uh, incremental progress and really getting to a place of like, okay, doing these things because they make me feel good. Right. And then go ahead and repeat the, the second portion of your question. Yeah. To be honest, I don't even know what the hell I said. No, uh, but <laughs> I, I, yeah. I love what you just said. Right. Just, we, we kind of tend to overestimate, you know, what we could do. I mean, in reality, all of us, I think we all overestimate what we could do in like three months, right. In mm -hmm. six months, but a lot of people underestimate what they could do in a year or exactly. in two years. And mm -hmm. like you said, we're so, you know, we're so focused on the short term that we kind of miss what the long-term goals and how that plays into our happiness right now, what our best mm -hmm. life is like, but also finding a routine and a lifestyle and a body that we enjoy to live in at the same time. Like a lot of times we sacrifice, or I say we, because I'm guilty of this as yeah. well, but people sacrifice you know, their health, their happiness. Um, and I say health because, you know, aggressively dieting or going from 12 to 7% body fat is not healthy, right? Like being super lean year round is not always super healthy. And there's obviously kind of a, a bell curve of like, you know, what people can actually do and, and where people fall into, you know, what goals they're working towards. But we're so conditioned, I think from social media, from our friends, from our family into thinking that a lot of things can change, you know, in a week or in a month or in three months. And when you get down and dirty and, and start to realize that like, Hey, a lot of these things are things that I've been doing since I was 13 years old. And this is what my mom yeah. has been feeding me. And this is what I've been practicing and telling myself for the last 15 years. And you start to realize it's like, holy shit, you know, in the next three months, a lot might not change, but I can start to just maybe change my perspective and start to add things that maybe I didn't prioritize as much and yeah. let that be momentum going forward at the end of the day. Exactly. And I think, you know, kind of, so I remembered actually what your second part was, cool. how do you transition to more of a, yes. yep, a yep. dimmer as opposed to an on off? right? I think two is that awareness piece in and of yourself, right? If you have a life, everybody, right? You have a job, you have kids, you enjoy other things as well. 
maybe getting contest prep show ready isn't actually what you want, right? And understanding that maybe you're not willing to do the things necessary to, you know, be six, 7% body fat, have a six pack because it detracts from your life. And I'm a huge proponent of fitness should add to your life. It should not take away from it, right? It should allow you to do the things that you love doing better, right? It should enrich almost every aspect of your life. And it it becomes something where it's all consuming and it starts to really take away from, from your joy. I think that that's a good point to really take a step back and reassess where you're at and what you ultimately want. And then it kind of goes back to, well, why do you want those things? You know, what void are you trying to fill by, you know, trying to fill it with this external thing, as opposed to this deeper understanding of who you are and ultimately what you want to do. So I think it's that. And then, you know, this on off, right. It's, it's really honoring those small steps and, recognizing those as small wins as well. I think you have to celebrate those things. And that's something that I have a challenge with, right? I like to think big picture. And if I'm not making big moves, I'm not doing anything, right? And I think most people approach health and fitness that way. But I think that if we can really, you know, objectively see, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I did go on all of my walks this week. I did, you know, have vegetables with most of my meals this, this week. And we can see that is, that is the goal in and of itself. And then we can really, you know, celebrate those things. And I think, like you said, it's like, that's where momentum starts to play its role. Right. And then we can kind of ride that wave, so to speak, because right. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. And if we can keep ourselves in motion, keep doing the habits and behaviors that help us feel good, we're more likely to continue that process. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And <laughs> when you're not in motion, sometimes it's hard as hell to get back in motion. Super hard. Too, right? So hard. And it's, and it's I think funny. that's where you kind of, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, do that's thing. where you kind of revert back to like, okay, well, what have I done in the past that has gotten me, you know, feeling good. Right. And, and it's, again, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just go back to those things that you had done previously and start there, start small. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like you get some of those people and again, I think we've both said that we are victims of this or guilty of this mm-hmm. at one point too, of being on or off at certain points in our fitness journey and career. But this, this idea of like wearing this, you know, on or off mentality or all or nothing mentality is like a badge of honor, I think is part of the problem sometimes as well, right? Because people think that what they're doing some of the time is enough to carry them to where they want to be. When in reality, I'd rather have you, you know, I guess we can, everybody has a different definition of what all in means, right? That Mm -hmm. might mean doing five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 things, um, and doing those for four days of the week and then saying, fuck it for the three days of the week or for 30% of the month. But I'd rather have you focus on the things that, you know, you can do that you can repeat and the things that don't, like you said, take away from your life, things that actually add to your life. I'd rather you see you do that consistently and, you know, meet halfway and do that for 90% of the month, instead of you being all in 50% of the month, because a lot of times what people do is they just dig their hole back deeper after they, you know, get out of that, you know, on and off switch. And 
it's something that's really difficult to get out of unless you're not aware of it. And it's hard because I think that off mentality or, or doing nothing, it kind of gives it's, I think it's easy to not do anything and it's easy to, to let that switch go off because you let yourself off the hook of what you know you need to be doing or what you could be doing to progress. Right. And there's this like, maybe this scarcity mindset of like, Hey, if I change all these things, I'm going to change the person that I'm going to be at the end of this. And I'm going to lose some of this identity and whatever that means to you. I think that's what we need to lean into and be more comfortable doing is being able to do the things that are hard and the things that are scary and understanding that you will be a changed person or you will, you know, do things differently at the end of this. And that's a good thing because a lot of times we want to continue to live the lives that we're living, but just have different results or outcomes. And at the end of the day, it's really not possible for us to do that. Right. Without having yeah. some that, um, yeah. identity change. No, along I, the way. I think that's a, it's a really interesting topic, man. And it's, and I can sympathize with people or empathize. It's because through that change, like you kind of mentioned, like you're becoming a different individual and, you know, kind of the, the death, so to speak of that old person, we have a lot of attachment to, right. That's our identity. That's who we were for so long. And it's, it's known, right. It's this not necessarily comfortable, but it's known. And if we step into this transition, that letting go of that old known person, we step into the unknown and that can be really scary. It, I'm speaking from my own personal experience, you know, that process is very daunting because oh. now we, we feel out of control. We don't, aren't controlling all of the pieces because we're kind of stepping into a realm where we've never experienced before. And I think, so, so I, I can definitely empathize with people that that, that is a challenging thing to do. And, and I think that also recognizing, you know, through that process of getting better at controlling the things that you can control and really kind of trusting that if you do that, the bigger picture, those things that you can't control will ultimately work out into your favor. So, you know, but, but I understand it's, it's a very challenging process and, and it's not to be taken lightly either, you know? So I think that anybody that's, you know, truly embarking on that journey, you know, I commend them for that. And also recognizing that this is a lifelong journey. This isn't something that you do for nine months, six months, a year, and all of a sudden you've arrived. You're on the mountaintop, right? I've done everything. I'm good. I'm a complete, full human being. I've mastered what it means to be a human, only to look out into the valley and recognize an even bigger mountaintop in your view, right? And, and that's kind of what it is. And I think even along that journey, like we backslide, right? We forget the things that served us so well. Life starts to happen. We have a new job, things that throw us out of alignment, off track. And then we have to go back and revisit things that we thought we had dialed in in the past. But now revisiting those things, we have tools to navigate those better, to recognize, oh, I've been here before. I know how to overcome you know, this because I've done it before. And now I can kind of get over that hump a little bit 
quicker, a little bit more easy, and I can continue back on my path. And, you know, that's, that seems how progress works, right? It's not this linear thing where we just like, cool, got that step done, check that box off, I go to the next one. You know, it's really kind of this ebb and flow uh, and, and not only along the journey, but within your life, the months, the seasons, the years, you know, things take different priority. And it's, I think, being comfortable and understanding that that's what it is um, and recognizing that, hey, we have a long life. We have a lot of time to, to really get better and master these skills. And as long as we're taking steps with intention, then we're going to be okay. Gotcha, man. I, the, that mountain analogy fires me up and <laughs> that's a really good way to look at it too. Right. Cause I think at the end of the day, a lot of times we think that, Hey, yeah, we get to this final destination and then we're done with the work. Right. Or mm. we made it to whatever goal it is and we can live a happy, happy life. When like this idea, of like I'll be happy when mentality, which mm-hmm. kills me. And it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with at the end of the day. But what really happens, like you said, is you see, oh, damn, now I got another 14,000 feet to go. And Mm -hmm. maybe I don't even want to climb that 14,000 foot mountain because where I'm at right now is actually where I enjoy. And it's, it's at Mm -hmm. a, it's at a energy and an effort range that I can maintain long-term instead of continuing to climb. Right. And I don't know, you're like, when I, let's say I'm starting with a new client. A lot of times it's like exploring of like, Hey, where do you want to be? Well, what is, you know, that goal that you're working towards? What is a person who has already attained that goal? What are the actions? What are the behaviors? What are the beliefs mm-hmm. that they have? Right. And, and what are you missing from that? And how we, how can we work towards that? Because getting to that top of that mountain, like it doesn't get easier, you know, after you get there, like it still takes work to breathe and to mm-hmm. maintain and stay at the top there but it's easier because you've gone through the uphill battle leading up to that point. Right. But you mm-hmm. still have to maintain that level of, you know, accountability and that, yeah. energy, that effort to stay up there. But a lot of times, like you said, people slide back down the mountain and then they try and go climb a new mountain or they climb the same mountain over and over and over again. And they can climb that mountain their whole life at the end of the day, if they, you know, if they don't get out of that cycle. So, yeah, I love yeah. that. And I, and I think too, it's also too, it's like, it's okay to backslide. It's okay to take some steps back. It's okay to have to go through something several times to really grasp that concept. I think that that's okay too, right? Maybe it's okay to be climbing that same mountain your entire life, but by the end of it, you're a much better climber of that mountain, right? If that's what you want, right? And I think that that's also the lie that the fitness industry sells too. It's like, in order to be a part of this, going back to this all-in mentality, you have to be doing all of these things and you have to climb the highest mountain, right? Someone starting their fitness journey sees like a David Goggins and is like, well, if I want to be a part of this, I have to go run ultra mar- marathons and a hundred miles. It's like, no, that's not what you have to do at all, right? And so I think, again, a lot of this kind of just seems to come back to that awareness piece. Like what is actually important to you? Right. Um, totally. But, but, but I think that, you know, that this, this journey, because it's not just fitness and health, like it's your life. Right. And it's, it's messy, it's complicated, but I think that kind of going back to 
if we can have these guides, these people to help us along the way, you know, to shine some light on our path, to get more clear on where we're going and how we go about navigating that. I think that we can get there in, in a more timely manner than maybe doing it on our own. Mm-hmm. Totally. And sometimes it takes a coach or somebody else or a family or a friend or a mm-hmm. mom, like sometimes it takes somebody giving you permission to not want yeah. what you want at the end of the day for yeah. you to be able to change that. And it's, as fucked up as that sounds, it's like, we're so mm-hmm. much creatures of habits and we're conditioned into thinking this is what we want. This is what we've always wanted. This is what I will continue to want. And until I get there, I can't lose sight of whatever this is. And mm-hmm. I think the power of having a coach is being able to explore the reason as to why that's the thing that you want, because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, having society and these, you know, expectations on yourself, like you will never be happy when you get to that point. If that's not something that you actually wanted in the first place, exactly. you're still going to feel empty after getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it takes a coach to help you realize that. And I guess a question that I have for you is, is like, when you get a new client, how can we you know, build awareness around, Hey, these are the short-term goals. These are what we're going to work towards. We're not going to devalue that. Cause I, I don't want this to seem like, Hey, we need to just say, you know, forget about what your short-term goals are. This is a lifelong thing. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of, I think there's a lot of value of thinking that way. But at the end of the day, we all have a goal that we want to accomplish in the next six months that we want to continue sure. to make progress. Cause it's that instant gratification or it's that, mm-hmm. that reinforcement that we're doing what, you know, we're doing the things that are going to help get us to where we want to be. Like, How do we differentiate and still work towards some of those short-term goals and appreciate those and not discredit those, um, but just dig into, Hey, why are those important to you? And how do these play into your long-term goals and have you even thought of your long-term goals and how can we marry those two together? Yeah, I think that's a challenging question. I think it depends on the individual, right. And how open they are and and also what their short-term goals are, right? Some are like very finite and defined and, you know, I want to lose X amount of weight by this date because I have this thing going on. Um, And I think that that is a fine pursuit. And and in my experience with myself and clients is sometimes fitness and the weight loss and the building of the muscle is kind of the door, right? Right the door that gets you into this space of self-improvement. And then you get in there, you get into that realm and you kind of take a look around and see, oh, there's a whole bunch of other things that I can be working on. But you wouldn't even know the door existed unless you started on that journey of weight loss, right? So it doesn't have to be this huge esoteric thing of, okay, we're just going to change your entire life and we're going to work on your, your mental, your physical, your emotional, your like spiritual, your nutrition. Like, let's just work on your physical health because that's what you came to me for. And hopefully on that way, I can impart some of my wisdom and knowledge to show you that there are other stones that we could turn over. And if you're open to that, awesome. You're going to, you're going to be a more well-rounded human being for that. If not, that's totally fine. We can certainly just work on losing the weight and building muscle and get you to that body composition where you want to be. So I think that it, like I said, it kind of depends on the individual that it's really in front of you. And because I think a lot of people too come in front of me and they're like, I don't know, I just want to feel better. I just want to feel better. I want to be able to, you know, hike with my dogs. I want to be able to pick my grandchild up 
you know, so their, their goals are a little bit different. And, and two with that, it's like, cool, let's just get you in the gym and start working out because that's not what you're doing at all right now. Let's get you consistent with that. And then I think, you know, then it kind of opens up the container of like, all right, what else is going on? What else could we start to talk about? But also going back to, you know, our scope of practice as well. At the end of the day, people are seeking us out for nutrition, for exercise as well. And, and I think you can plant those seeds as far as, you know, okay, what does the mental look like? But try, I at least try not to go down that rabbit hole too much because if I see something that, you know, okay, cool. Like there is some, something going on there that needs to be addressed. It's not, not something that I want to be addressing. No, not, not something that I really can address, especially within the context of, you know, how often I'm seeing somebody and my scope and my skill set. So I think going back to having a collective, having a, you know, more of a multidisciplinary approach towards health and, and really allowing those individuals that have a certain skill set to come together and work together to, you know, help the individual in front of you. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. I love that. And I think at the end of the day, I think a good coach realizes everything that they can help you with and the things that they can't help you with. And I think Mm -hmm. that's also what, as we circle back to around our first topic of conversation Mm -hmm. today, which is like, Hey, there's so many coaches out there. How do I know which one is the best for me? It's like the best coach for you might be the person that checks in with you via email once a month that gives you your Mm -hmm. macro prescription and gives you a workout plan. And that's all you need. Right. And there are coaches out there for that. I, you know, to a certain extent, I, and you know, Travis could do that. It's not what we like to do. We like to go maybe on a deeper level and help with this other, you know, exploration of the different pillars that, you know, build up our health. Um, but there's also the people who think they want that, who don't know they need the other things. And they start to work with a coach and they're, like you said, Travis, just, you know, maybe a little bit more enlightened and you start to ask the questions as to why some of those things are important and you start to explore that. And then that's how you can naturally change on your own. Um, but there's also the people who are coming to, Hey, I want better energy. I want better digestion. I want to see what's going on inside me, but I also want to be able to do this forever. And where do we start with that? Right. And they have that humility a little bit more upfront with you and they're a little bit more vulnerable and everybody's going to come to you with different starting points, but I think having a coach who understands the importance of all facets of your health, but who will also challenge you in a respectable way that's, you know, going to maybe expand your horizons a little bit more, things that you aren't even taking into account that thinking about right now, while also still giving you the things that, you know, you want and then helping explore why you want those things. And if we need to change or transition to different goals or help you explore those different goals, because as a coach, we can never tell you what to do at the end of the day. Like we're the, always the, you know, you know, cliche analogy, we're the GPS, you're still driving the car. We could tell you where to turn, what different routes we're going to take. Those routes can change if we make a wrong turn, but at the end of the day, we can't tell you what you want to do and what's important to you. And we're there to help you navigate through that, explore why you want that. Um, but to also, you know, start to see things that maybe you didn't notice in the first place that could also complement you and help you get to where you want to be quicker because, that's kind of our job at the end of the day. Right. So, yeah. Right. You know. Dude, I 
I think you put that very eloquently. You know, I think that that is exactly it as far as our roles as coaches. And I think that, you know, anybody out there just kind of listening, okay, well, I've made the decision. I am aware whatever's working or whatever I'm doing isn't working anymore. I want to hire somebody to help me get to where I want to be. Where do I start? How do I, you know, kind of filter out those, those coaches that, you know, maybe are actually going to help me versus the coaches that have their own agenda. I think, you know, something that that comes to my mind is when you go and you meet with a coach for the first time, are they actually listening to you? Are they actually hearing you as opposed to just trying to off the bat, assume who you are and then tell you what to do. Right. I think those individuals that can actually provide the space to hear you that ask a question questions with the intention of being curious and wanting to understand you more fully as a human and how they can best help you. I think that that's a really good place to start. You know, if you're meeting with somebody and they're trying to push their own agenda on you, if they're not really open to hearing you, that's maybe a good sign that that isn't the person that's actually going to help you. Yeah. And sometimes it might take a little trial and error to get to the person that you, you know, fit with, right? Maybe you try somebody, didn't like it, didn't like the approach. Maybe it didn't work for you. Maybe you found that you like something else and want to prioritize something else. That person that might not be the best fit for you. I, I just want people to, at the end of the day, make informed decisions for their health and not do mm-hmm. things that they think they have to do. Stick right. with people that they think they have to stick with or do things that they think they have to do when reality is keeping their wheel spinning forever. Cause it's that exploration piece that I think we've hit home on today mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. building that awareness around what you're currently doing, what you want why you want that. And then what are the steps that you need to take to get closer to those goals at the end of the day? So coach can make all the difference in the world. If you don't have a coach, you don't have that luxury or that ability to do that. Who are you following on social media? You know, who are you surrounding yourself with? What books are you reading? Like, are you working on your own personal development, your own nutrition knowledge, your own fitness levels, or are you taking advantage of the resources that you do have access to? I think there's a lot of things that people can do still, if they don't have the luxury of of hiring a coach, but that's the beautiful part about social media. It can kind of be a double-edged sword of, you know, learning misinformation and the spread of all of that and just makes it a confusing place at the end of the day, but it's also a beautiful place if you, you know, if you continue to use it correctly. So I love that, man. And speaking of good coaches and everything, tell the people where they can find you, um, Instagram website, you know, email, whatever it is. And I'll link all that in the description as well. Yeah, I think the best place if somebody wants to reach out at Travis Wilson on Instagram. Um, I'm not super active, to be honest. I go on there about once a week and check it. But I think, you know, talking about phases in our life, I'm definitely in a phase of uh, not really understanding how social media serves me at this point. So I've been taking a bit of time away from it to, you know, again, do all of the things that we've talked about today. Right. I, I am also a student um, as well as a coach. So, uh, yeah, at Travis Wilson on Instagram, reach out, please do. would love to have some awesome conversations with anybody that's willing to, uh, pursue their greatness. Love it, man. I appreciate you so much for coming on today. Really good conversation. And 
maybe we'll have you on the, uh, the show here and again, in the near future, we can actually talk about some training nutrition stuff and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, absolutely, man. Definitely hit the mindset piece today, but I think that's just as important, if not more important, more important than some of the action items that it takes to mm-hmm. get to X fitness, nutrition, performance goal, whatever it is that we're working towards. So thanks again. Yeah, bro. yeah man. I appreciate your time. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.